Hey, hey, welcome to the Social Innovation Lab, a podcast dedicated to making sure you're in the know with everything happening on social media. I'm your host, Claudia Cameron, and today I'm speaking to the amazing Memo Rivero. He's the head of editorial and publishing at Netflix Mexico. He has a fascinating background, starting with studying his MA in Transatlantic Policy in Berlin, where he studied state propaganda and the usage of images to build national identities. He has since started a skateboarding fanzine, worked as a journalist, built some websites, founded an NGO, created some apps for brands, built some digital strategies for brands, and then led Vice Mexico for six years before arriving at Netflix. He is here today to talk to us about driving culture through social. He's joining us from Mexico City. Welcome, Memo. Great to be here with all of you. I'm so intrigued to know what's under the hood on Netflix because you have had such phenomenal success in Latam. And I really want to dig in a little bit deeper into what you're doing, how you're really driving culture and how you're really driving the success of Netflix in Latam. Can you give us some insights into what you can attribute this to and what we really see as the things that we should look for? Yeah, first of all, thanks. And (laughs) it's great to see that somebody's noticing what we're doing in Latam. That's amazing because I think that when you start seeing the most engaging brands in the world and everything like that and you start seeing Netflix Brazil and you start seeing Netflix Latam as independent accounts to Netflix globally and I think that that is a great recognition of of the work that we've been doing yeah I think that one of the strengths that we've been playing the most to is that we really think about what's going to affect locally right we have global products we have Squid Game we have Queen's Gambit we have Don't Look Up and we have local products we have Rebelde, we have Atrás de Mi Ventana, we have a lot of things in Spanish as well. And, and sometimes we really have to think about how to balance out those two conversations, right? The, the conversation of the local passion, the conversation about the local language. And we've been coming a long way, right? Like when we launched Orange is a New Black, for example, we started with local integration. We started with putting a soap opera uh, Starlet from Mexico into oranges and you black for a promotional video. And that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And it was it was groundbreaking back then. But then we we saw how communication evolved and with having more competition and having more different players in Latin America, we also have to evolve and we also have to keep on the pace of of what's moving culture and not only repeating and rinse, wash, repeat, and keep on that pace. So for us, we moved from integration of local people into our shows, but now we're moving into how our shows affect culture and how we can make that relationship. And I think that when you see what Brazil, when you see what Mexico, Argentina, and Colombia are doing, we can see that impact. Like for example, right now with Emily in Paris, the Argentinian team did a great, great, great piece of content with Guandanara, who is a very relevant person in in Argentina but instead of they created a guide to Emily in Paris in Paris with this Argentinian over there so I think that you you start seeing that impact and and they they gathered over 20 million views in the first 48 hours organically which is massive and and I think that that is when you you marry that insight instead of trying to adapt that global thing into the local culture is how you make that local culture globally relevant as well and for example us in in Mexico we recently created a song 
a corrido, which is, and for most people <laughs> think are listening this, they're not Mexican and they won't know what a corrido is. But think about um, Johnny Cash meets Tupac and t the tellings, the stories of the people on the streets, right? Most of the times they're, they're about crime lords and they're about like big heists and everything. And we thought, well, I mean, what is the best vehicle to talk about the legacy of La Casa de Papel? Well, corridos are probably that because it's a natural like voice for that. So we created this song with Los Dos Carnales, who is a very local band from Coahuila in the north of Mexico. And when we selected them because of the quality of them, all of a sudden we found out that they won. Like we selected, we produced the song. We, we were shooting the video the day before that they were nominated for a Grammy. And then they won the Grammy for the best album of Norteño music. And it was perfect timing. It was just trusting the gut of saying these guys are good and these guys are going to be relevant and these guys are doing a song that yeah. it was the perfect way to talk about Casa de Papel for the north of Mexico. So instead of forcing Los Dos Carnales into La Casa de Papel, we made the natural vehicle and it was this is this is them paying an homage through a song that tells a story of why they are amazing at stealing money from Spain. It worked out. We had like two million plays in Spotify the first month without any paid media. We got that song into all the editorial lists of Apple Music this year, Spotify, everyone. So, so it was just a great product. People would not be saying, oh, this is marketing. It's a jingle. It's something like that. It's a song that they have been playing in concerts and people are responding to the songs. It's a true song about them being heroes of the resistance. I love it. And it's more like you drive all of your actions that you do on social or in general are driving a conversation or driving the culture in a natural way that's not being forced. And I feel like that's the uniqueness of Netflix is that you're able to not only read the culture, but you're able to then use it as a way in which you can then connect more on a really personal level. And I think people connect to the songs, people connect to like, they want to share memes or they want to share different content pieces that you put out because they, they really feel connected to it, right? How do you also see this? Like, I know we discussed that Netflix just launched their website. Where do you even start? So like, even if you're coming into social and you're saying, okay, I want to make sure that my brand is with Netflix, where can someone start this uh, journey? Yeah, I mean, it's not the first brand that I work with on social, right? Working on social at Netflix is is very much like the Olympics. You, you get to a great team and you have great coaches and you have a great environment behind you to be a rock star. And then you only have to perform amazingly, you know, like get those tens and 9.9s and on the floor, on the on the bar and everything else. So, so it's a little bit like gymnastics because we have great content, right? Like to work in any company that builds a fandom of someone, it's easier to create social content from that, you would you would argue. It's, it's much more difficult to create that for airlines or banks for like everybody has a different channel. But at the same time, you have to be very mindful of the fandom. You know, like you cannot go around and say something from Stranger Things and, and not be honest to, to what's the fandom of Stranger Things or The Witcher or Emily in Paris. I kind of want to interrupt you a little bit because I feel like Netflix has become like a verb, like Netflix and chill, right? So yes, the content is fantastic on Netflix, but Netflix has been able to actually turn itself into 
more than that. Yeah, I think that one one of the parts that is the most interesting about this whole thing is that Netflix could be seen as a tech company, right? It could be seen only as a, the part of the company that does the platform, or it could be seen as a studio. And and when you talk about a studio, think about like there's A24 and there's Sony and there's so many like Warner and there's so many studios yeah. that that create content, but you're thinking more about their content rather than on the brand that created the content. So Netflix has been able to position itself as a place of entertainment that thinks about the joy of the members. And when we think about that, and we think about the joy that watching anything on Netflix has to bring, then we're thinking about that moment that you decide to turn on Netflix. So what you find inside of Netflix can be something that you love and that you have been engaging with and that you're expecting the next season or it's something that you discover that you go to somewhere that you have never been to like documentaries or like short films or game contests or like unscripted content and all of that so so it's or you go to korea and you find out amazing content from korea africa latin america so i think that Once you start believing in that, that entertainment has all these aspects because there is fandom for everyone, you start building on the fandom. That, for me, to respond to your first question, when you think about something, you're starting work, social work with a brand that's not Netflix, because we all start there. You think about how can you relate that brand to moments that that person wants Like when they think about, I need to solve a problem, I need to go buy this, or like why they, would they come back to think about your own brand? You know, like if you're selling carpets, there can be a story there. You have to think about how to build fandom on the people that create carpets. And to be honest, I've been seeing a lot of people with carpet guns on TikTok designing carpets with Pokemons. Like maybe that's only my feed. Maybe I'm a fan of carpets, <laughs> but there is a way to tell stories about that. I love that. Even in brands that go into really strong e-commerce, hard selling moments because they need that and they need to buy and create funnels of conversion and they need to create this process. I think that even there you can find ways to create those fans. And I think that building on fandom really pays off. And how, I mean, maybe for the audience, we can go a little bit more into fandom, but how do you see, maybe people are not aware yeah. of what fandom is or how you see it. Can you maybe give like a little brief on what you see as fandom or how you see it? I would say that anybody that, it, if you invest X time on X brand, you can be considered a fan of that brand because you have so many choices. So, so I think that every brand that you spend time, whether it's um, spending time on like a band, which is also brand, but if you spend time listening to someone, if you spend time listening to this podcast, if you spend time listening to, to trying to buy something, deciding what airline to use for your next trip beyond what's cheaper, like even when, when Sometimes you might decide, I'd rather have the service of this brand instead of this other airline because my experience in the past has been better with this one. There, you already have a fan. And, and I think that because fandom can start with so little, it is our job in social and everybody that works with brands to, make, to amplify that fandom. 
and make it bigger and, and, and translate it into loyalty and translate it into something else. And, and it all goes through conversation. It all goes through utilitarism and what do you bring to me? But at the same time, I mean, think about the things that you really enjoy and, and, and you can think about so many things that you might be fan of. Amazing. I think we're nearly out of time, but I want to just always wrap up with maybe some key like takeaways for the audience and things that they should think about when yeah, trying to do the Netflix way as, we, as we, uh, we've just spoken about. Is there something that you could share with them in order to kind of leave them with something? I would say that one of the things that we do at Netflix is that we treat our fans with respect. Right? They know more about what they love than we do. They care more about the things that they care about than we do. Well, no, we care about things, but you know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? It's, it's like they know the storylines. They know the behind the scenes. They know the characters. They know everything. And we have to treat them with respect. And we have to earn their trust. Every tweet, every post, every, every moment. We cannot be condescending. We cannot be above them. We cannot be... We have to be fans of the things that we do in as much as they are fans. So we're at the same level. We are fans talking to fans. And, and I think that that is really, really important. The other thing would be to try and explore and go places that you haven't gone, even with a carpet thing. If you tried things in the past, challenge them, challenge those tests, challenge those pilots, challenge the results of something that happened in 2018. Maybe that it didn't work back then, but maybe it works now. Things change, audiences change. And, and you can try again and you can try new things and and don't expect everything to be like whatever your KPI is and whatever your boss is telling you to do. You can always find ways to to explore and expand the toolbox of the things that you're already doing. And that's something that we try all the time. We we might we did a song of corridos. We don't know if we're going to do more of them. Maybe. Yes. I mean, the results are there. But maybe we pivot into something else. But that gave us data to understand how to move better forward with other things like music in Mexico. But from what you explore, keep on learning, right? And, and inform your next decisions. And I think that that is the most Netflix way. You know, like you try, you do, it could be great. But that doesn't mean you have to repeat. Because then you can go and try something else. I mean, the more you try, the better you're going to build something at the, in the future. I love that. I think it's really wise words. And I, I love that uh, how you put it as well. So, Memo, thank you so much for sharing your wise words with us. And I really enjoyed having you and having your thoughts. So thank you so much for the time. And uh, hopefully see you in the future as well. No, thank you all. And don't, don't tell your boss that I said <laughs> that you were going to try crazy things. <laughs> See you next week.